welcome back to the Arise Podcast. Jacob, my friend, how are you doing? I'm doing all right, Roger. How are you today? Doing pretty good. Uh, a little tired today. It's been a long week, but it's been it's been different. But yes, still good. Different. That seems to yeah. be the the watchword of the world right now. For sure. For sure. Uh, so <clears throat> at rooftop, we're uh, doing actually it is our current. Series. Current sermon series, yes. So, uh, true story. Uh, so we're we're doing uh, parables in the Bible. So uh, you know we've kind of been doing that, and and you know doing a different parable each week. And um, well, I guess that's going to be. Are we taking a break, or is that what's going to be happening for the foreseeable future? Um, the short answer to that question is that coronavirus has thrown so much up into the <laughs> air and made so many things uncertain that. Um, we don't know what's happening. Uh, Easter is coming, and after Easter, we will be continuing to preach yes, on, something. on something. But whether it's parables or not, I have no idea. <laughs> so, Matt, if you're listening to this, yeah. please let me know yeah, what you'd like to preach on. <laughs> uh, so, before we start, what is your favorite parable? What is my favorite parable? Oh man! Sorry, to, I know that kind of that's uh, it's that's so <laughs> yeah, especially that's so hard. <laughs> um, man, one or some favorites. I feel uh, like I feel like I'm on the spot here. <laughs> uh, I actually really like the parable of the unmerciful servant or the unforgiving servant, as as it's sometimes called. Um, that's a parable I spent a lot of time in. There's a lot of of uh, kind of application to my life there uh, uh studied it extensively really got to get into it and uh we'll talk about this more next time because that's the next parable i got to preach on but that's that's probably one of my favorites of course you know parable of the sower parable yeah. of the good, good samaritan mm-hmm. uh prodigal sons prodigal sons plural yeah. uh i those are you know outstanding, you know, kind of kind of banner parables of Jesus. But, uh, yeah. There are some I don't like. But, yeah. Parable of Unmerciful Slurman is probably well, the one. Well, what about the Ten Maidens? Is that one you don't like? Uh, no, <laughs> Ten Maidens is fine. Ten, <laughs> that's what we're going to talk That's what we're talking about today. Yeah, that's good. Ten Maidens is, is, is uh, it's a little little different, but it's good. So, yeah. So, we're going to talk about the, ten, the Parable of the Ten Maidens. Our Ten Bridesmaids are... Groom's women, whatever you yeah, whatever. God, I don't even know whatever you want to call it. So we're talking about that today. Um, so when when I was uh, listening to it, when I actually re-listened to it, uh, you know, so it's Matthew twenty five one through thirteen, and at the very beginning, it's like the kingdom of heaven will be like this. Which I know we're gonna kind of get into this whole thing, but rewinding and coming back to it, I was like, again, like. There's these things that you just when I when I at least when I read I just read and I don't even I'm kind of just going and reading and seeing what I'm going to get out of it. I'm like, yeah. But just from that very first line, I'm like, oh, I mean, it does make sense that it would you know be about you know Jesus coming back and and kind of you know like dealing with that. Like it's just you don't think about it. And it's like it was right there, right off the bat. So uh, you know. Just kind of talk us a little bit about the parable, kind of, you know, the story and, and, and how that goes. Yeah, so if you're not familiar, super familiar with this parable, it's it's a parable of the kingdom, as so many of Jesus' parables are. The kingdom of heaven shall be like, 
Ten bridesmaids who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Uh, and then five are foolish. They're not prepared. Five are wise. They are prepared. Everyone falls asleep. Everyone wakes up when the bridegroom comes. The, the foolish maidens are unprepared and have to go buy oil for their lamps and thus are locked out of the wedding party, right? And then Jesus ends with this uh, very interesting line. Uh, we get, you know, the bridesmaids, they show up and they're, they're knocking on the door and they, they say, let us in. And uh, the groom says, truly, I tell you, I don't know you. And then Jesus ends, keep awake, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour, right? So, kind of know what you were talking about, Roger. It's a parable of kingdom. It's about judgment. There's, it's, it's a parable of warning. Uh, this is true when you look at the parable on its own terms, but also when you look at it in context. Um, Matthew 24 is called the Olivet Discourse. It's what Jesus delivers while he's standing on the Mount of Olives outside Jerusalem, commonly viewed as uh, a, a, a series of judgments against, by Jesus against Jerusalem, and then also talking about end times, talking about eschatology. In Matthew 25, where this parable happens, picks right up on that theme and runs with it. So there's a lot of judgment. There's a lot of warning about the end of the world. Uh, there's a lot going on here with this parable. Now, I don't want to jump ahead to other questions you might have about this, um, but I actually found this parable uh, useful for kind of helping us think through principles for understanding parables uh, because there's, there's just so much going on here. Yeah. Um, yeah, like you said, it, it was kind of, you know, reading it and, and kind of getting into it, um, you know, you were, you were mentioning how uh, parables seem straightforward, but there's, you know, a level of, sometimes there's a level of complexity, and to be honest, usually there is, you know, an actual different kind of message that was trying to come across. And, you know, like I said, and jumping ahead a little bit too, I know you mentioned, you know, one of the, one of the ways is to, you know, always read that last line. Yes. You know, what, what, what Jesus is saying, read that last line. And, you know, at least for this one, you know, it kind of was at the beginning and at the end. But, you know, when you're just reading the parable, like you said, you're just like, oh, okay, like, I need to be prepared. Like, right. You know, that can mean, like, you know, I should pray more or read the Bible or just, you know, in general, like, there was 10 bridesmaids and five of them were prepared and five weren't. Like, you know, so, oh, thank, like you said, I already remember the sermon. All right, you know, sermon's over. Like, right. just just be ready. Like, and it's like, when you, when you read it, sometimes it can be like that, but there is that kind of underlining actual message and actual urgency very important thing that he is trying to to talk about yeah i mean this is i think been one of the, the things that has been most impressed upon me in this parable series is the urgency of jesus's parables almost every parable at least most of the ones we've been looking at yeah. in the series uh has something to do say about judgment and about the end of the world right like like time is limited time is short act now sorts of things uh and there's just a lot of there's a lot of uh, importance placed upon a response and preparation and, and being as ready as possible for the things that are going to come next. Now, kind of getting into this and, and going to kind of put you on the spot again in a way. Um, I know you were talking about 
because this really hit home with me. And this really just kind of threw me off for a little bit when we were when you were talking about how you're like uh, look for the expected and unexpected. Yes, and uh, you were kind of talking about the the fact that the groomsman or the groom didn't know. It's like, and you were saying like, why? Why wouldn't he know? Right. Like, why would he say that? Why wouldn't he know that? And we were kind of getting into it, and you know, we were looking at the the parallels to the groom and Christ, and you know, not being prepared on on Judgment Day, and and kind of that that. So it's like, okay, what does that mean? Well, like you were saying like, are there going to be Christians that come to Jesus and he says, I don't know you. You know, you weren't ready. You weren't prepared. So kind of walk through that and kind of, you know, what you're looking, not what you're looking for, but like how, how that kind of plays into it. Cause it, it is a hard thing to think about. You know, you, like you said, you know, Jesus dies for your sin, you know, you're forgiven. Once you accept Christ, you know, it's almost, again, you know, you want to, to do your best and you want to show Christ's uh, light, but you yeah. know, you think, okay, you know, in a weird way, it's like, all right, I said to Christ, like, I'm good, you know. Right. You know, in right. quotation marks, like you know, like everything's fine. So, kind of, you know, how do you go about that? Yeah. So, um, just to make sure we're all kind of tracking here, the the one of the principles I for interpreting parables uh, I, I highlighted was look for what's expected and what's unexpected. Right. Parables often contain a twist. So, as you're reading a parable, look for the twist. Pay attention for the twist because that's the thing. Very oftentimes, as you understand and interpret, you should be paying attention to. So. What's what's kind of odd about this parable is that we have we have women who are are the main characters, uh, and the kind of the concept is not just that they're bridesmaids, right? What we think of as uh, you know kind of the part of a normal wedding today, uh, they're not just like people who are present. They're actually the best way to think about it is they're grooms' women, right? They are. Uh, people who are standing up, they're in the wedding party, and they're on the groom's side of things. Which makes what Jesus says in verses 11 and 12 really odd, right? This is the twist. The twist is the bridesmaids, the foolish bridesmaids, who, who have to go get oil and they're locked out. They knock on the door and they say, let us in. And the groom, who who is the person who is supposed to know these women who stood up on his side of the wedding... He says, I don't know you, right? That's the weird thing in this parable. Uh, the groom doesn't know the women who are in his side of the wedding party. Now, if we understand this parable uh, as a kind of an allegory for who Jesus is, and that, that makes good contextual sense here. Jesus seems to be the groom who is going to go away for a while and we have to wait for him and then he's going to come back at the end of the world. I mean, if you're reading... In context, that's that's what's going on here. Uh, this line, this is worried. This some, this is weird. This is bizarre, right? That makes it seem like there are going to be people who know Jesus at the end of the world who he says, "I don't know who you are," right? So that's weird. That's the bizarre thing in this parable. Now, <clears throat> interestingly enough, this is not the only parable in Matthew twenty-five that makes this point. Uh, two weeks. From, or two Sundays from now when we're recording this, so in early April, uh, I'm talking about the parable of the sheep and goats, which occurs later in Matthew 25 and really talks about the same thing. <laughs> if you don't remember the parable of the sheep and goats, it's the idea that 
in heaven on judgment day. God, uh, we're going to all be there and we're going to get separate, separated into sheep and goats. And uh, there are going to be those who stand before God and say, I know who you are. And uh, Jesus is going to say, depart from me. I don't know who you are. You didn't do these things that I asked you to do. I was hungry and you didn't feed me. I was thirsty and you didn't give me a drink. You didn't visit me in prison, right? What's going on? And my argument is that that, that parable and this parable are, are parallel, right? The big idea, the big lesson here is that true faith requires faithfulness, right? You can't just say you know the groom. You actually have to be prepared for him to come back. You've got to be ready. You've got to be faithful. You've got to be living and doing the things that uh, Jesus wants you to be doing. Now, I don't want to spoil uh, the sheep and goats, so I won't talk necessarily about what that looks like. But I actually just read a book by uh, David Platt this week called, um, oh gosh, of course, now that I'm about to talk about it, the name is, it's called Follow Me. That's the name of the book. And uh, his his point in this book is really, it's it's this point, right? In, in American Christianity especially, we've embraced uh, what Scott McKnight calls the gospel of conversion, right? Just... Just uh, walk the aisle, just invite Jesus into your heart, pray the sinner's prayer, and you're good, right? That's your fire insurance. That'll get you into heaven. And that's that's not how Jesus talks, right? The sinner's prayer is not anywhere in the Bible. Uh, there doesn't seem to be any place in Scripture that's like, hey, just, uh, just say these magic words and you'll be set to go, right? Uh, that's the beginning. That's always treated as the beginning, in the book of Acts, when someone decides to follow Jesus, that's the beginning of their journey. Now, we don't always see the ins and outs of it, but with someone like the Apostle Paul, we really do. We get to see this is the beginning, this is the growth, and this is the work that they're doing, right? Uh, and so this parable and other parables in the section are really underscoring the importance of following through, of faithfulness, of being consistent as you follow Jesus. Uh, not, they're not requiring perfection, right? This is not, hey, you need to do all of these things in order to be saved. It's, hey, God has, uh, by the blood of Jesus, is now viewing you as, as uh, right before him. React and respond accordingly. Live out a life uh, where you're following through with the decision that you've made. Uh, this is why I actually like some of the language that people like Matthew Bates and Scott McKnight, Scott McKnight talk about, right? Um, Matthew Bates has a great book. It's called Salvation by Allegiance Alone, right? Uh, and, and kind of the, the idea here is in American Christianity, we've, we've said, hey, uh, faith, just have faith. Have faith in God. Just believe, right? Well, James tells us that even demons believe in God. Uh, so that's not enough because presumably demon, demons aren't going to heaven. Uh, and so Bates says uh, allegiance is actually a better concept. It's a better idea for us today. Not that allegiance discludes faith or anything like that, but it's the idea that uh, you need to be loyal. You need to be ready. You need to be prepared, right? The difference between the bridesmaids in our parable here is not that one that, one that didn't know the groom. It's not that one uh, wasn't uh, wasn't willing to do the things that were asked of them. It's some were ready, 
and some were not. Some were ready to step up and do what was being asked of them, and others were not. And uh, Bates and others, again, think about this as loyalty. The way we talked about it in the sermon was faithfulness. You've got to be faithful in your preparation. You've got to follow through with uh, what you've been asked to do. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, yeah, you were talking about that. And, and again, I know one of the other ones were, which we, we kind of talked about, the you know, was reading that last line. Yes. Uh, one of the principles. But, um, yeah, uh, really, I liked one of the uh, the preparation about um, we cannot not expect Jesus to come at any moment. And, you know, it's, and it's weird because, like, I don't want it to come off like a, a sense of urgency, like, or like, okay, we just got to do all these things because he might be coming any second. But you have to have that, that knowledge of knowing that, okay, he could, Jesus, whenever he comes, you won't know when, you won't know how he's going to come and that's it. And you have to be ready. You have to, like you said, you have to follow through. You have to have uh, knowledge of him. You have to know him. You have to, you know, be surrounded by him. It can't just be, like you said, that that conversion and that's it kind of deal. Like or like, like you said that that's my ticket in mentality. Like you have to really know him, right? And and you have to be ready. I mean, we've in this parable series, uh, we've we've talked about you know the the, the parable of the strong man, right? If uh, the owner of the house knew the hour when the when the uh, when someone would break in, right? He would have been ready for him. But the whole point is, we don't know. We don't know when he's going to show up. Uh, eternal vig- vigilance is the price that we have to pay for security. Thomas Jefferson says, uh, eternal or ongoing preparation, ongoing vigilance is the thing that we're called to as people who follow Jesus. We can't be apathetic. We've got to be ready. Now. And one of, one of the things I talk about in this message is I can be an apathetic person, right? Especially when it comes to news of Jesus' Jesus' second coming. Now, uh, full disclosure, I preached this parable before coronavirus uh, was, uh, well, actually, I preached this parable in, in, in January. So coronavirus was around. It just wasn't the big deal it was. Uh, but, you know, right now there are a lot of people actively asking the question, hey, is the end of the world coming, yeah, right? A couple, yeah. a couple of months ago we weren't thinking that, uh, at least not in the way we are now. But the point still stands. Uh, we can't be apathetic. It's, off, it's so easy for us to be apathetic. It's so easy for us to read the headlines and the news and be apathetic about it. Again, right now that's probably not the problem that most of us are having uh, it's it's much easier to believe that maybe the end of the world is close. Uh, so, you know, pay attention to the signs uh, that the, the world is giving you. But, uh, you know, the, the, the point still stands. We're supposed to always be ready. We're supposed to always be prepared. That's, uh, that's a huge part. That's a huge lesson from a lot of Jesus' parables. Yeah, it's, uh, like I said, going through this, uh, you know, as much as we have been, um, like you said, a lot of it is is being prepared, and a lot of it is just kind of you know knowing what's going on, and 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 really kind of actually looking into it, and actually really trying to figure these these things out. So it's that's been really really huge for these parables, um, Jacob. And I got one more thing. If sure. you have just no, a no, second, no, no, no. sorry, For because sure. because we need to be prepared. But one of the I think the key lessons, right? The, 
So, like, it's important to work, it's important to be prepared, it's important to be faithful, but also, don't forget about grace, because grace is also important, right? There's there's balance to this. So I told you I, re- I recently read Platt's book, Follow Me, which is all about, like, do the right thing. Well, today I read Preston Sprinkle's book, Charis, uh, which is the Greek word for grace, right? Don't forget about grace, too. And I think this parable actually doesn't forget about grace, because my third point about preparation was that faithful preparation doesn't mean perfection. And I think some of us need to be reminded of that, too. Because even the wise bridesmaids, even the bridesmaids who get into the wedding feast, they still fall asleep in this parable, right? It's not that they're perfect. It's not that they're flawless. Jesus doesn't need us to be perfect. He just wants us to be prepared, right? There's there's a line in there somewhere. You don't have to be perfect to earn your way into heaven, but there is a kind of a, a there is a threshold. Jesus is expecting you to be faithful. He is expecting you to be prepared. He is expecting you to be ready for his return. And so that's the question that I left uh, people with with the servant, and that's the question I will leave you podcast listeners with as well. As well, are you prepared? Are you ready? to be in Jesus' wedding party. Jacob, that's good, man. I appreciate that. Um, looking forward to the next one. Looking forward to the, the next parable we're going to get into and talk about, like I said, these parables have really been been eye-opening. Because, you know, he is, and you always hear about, you know, Jesus was a storyteller. And, like, so, you know, when you re- when I, I feel like when I read parables, like, I really get into that, like, oh, this is a cool story. Like, you know, like, so it's been really good to, get into it and, and, and talk about, talk these things out. Uh, so guys, if you want to reach us on social media, we are at arise church STL and that's on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Um, listen to the podcast on Spotify or Apple. Really? I think any podcasting platform right now. So I think because we are that awesome yeah, so as I, a podcast. Yeah. I think we're, I think we're, we're, we're pretty much everywhere. So, uh, yeah, check, definitely check us out. Everywhere like, podcasts shares. can be found. Yeah, likes, you know, shares, comments, anything like that. We really appreciate it. Uh, Jacob, again, thanks for sitting down with me, man. Thank you, Roger. Uh, and thanks for listening to the Arise Podcast.